I love not typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Maureen Glennon. And we are live and wired on the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and the Supergirl Radio Facebook page to do our annual Christmas movie review featuring an actor from or someone connected to the Supergirl TV series. And this time around, we are discussing the nine lives of uh, Christmas starring Brandon Routh and some cats. Very exciting. So we'll be Gorgeous. talking about we'll be talking about <laughs> the nine lives of Christmas. It's a Hallmark movie. I believe it was actually based on a book. So there was really? a book out there before the movie. So I'd be curious if anybody's read the book. Is the book better than the movie? Usually that is the case. So I'd be curious if the addition of Brandon Routh into the story makes a difference. But we are going to be uh, talking about the nine lives of Christmas. But before we do that, we need to get to the news. On his Instagram account, James Gunn confirmed that actor Nicholas Holt has been cast as Lex Luthor in the upcoming movie, Superman Legacy. Uh, Gunn wrote, yes, finally I can answer. Nicholas Holt is Lex Luthor in Superman Legacy. And I couldn't be happier. We went out to dinner last night to celebrate and discuss how we can create a Lex that will be different from anything you've seen before and will never forget. But James, we heard this weeks ago. Why didn't you tell us it was true? Because although we were discussing it, it wasn't final until a couple of days ago. And I don't want to tell you all something that isn't certain. Anyway, here's to Lex and Nicholas, one of my favorite uh, characters in the DCU. And then there are like, Praise hand emojis, DNA <laughs> like a emoji, DNA, yeah. uh, like a microscope emoji, like little beaker emoji. Um, yeah. Which is how I also uh, describe Lex to people. Like, <laughs> you know Lex, praise hand emoji, DNA emoji, <laughs> scope emoji. <laughs> well, I assume that's referring to Lex Luthor's uh, scientific mind. He's a criminal mastermind, but also a mad scientist in a lot of iterations. So, And I you guess... know, he's also always raising the roof, which is a <laughs> thing that we all know about Lex Luthor. <laughs> Everybody loves Lex Luthor. Raise those hands. Um, so I guess I guess maybe that's a hint of uh, the mad scientist uh, a version of Lex Luthor coming to the screen. Although we have seen that in uh, some incarnations with uh, not only Michael Rosenbaum on Smallville, but uh, also Jesse Eisenberg in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. So I don't know that that would be totally different, but maybe they're going to be taking a different uh, spin or take on this. And this was something that came out, I guess, like a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, 
Uh, it was reported by some uh, pretty prominent news outlets, but it the the way they described it seemed very speculative. It wasn't confirmed by anybody. So that's <laughs> why we didn't talk about it at that point. Uh, but when James Gunn did uh, post something officially on his Instagram account, it, that does seem to be confirmation that that is true. And this is the Lex Luthor who is going to appear in Superman Legacy. So this is why we are discussing yeah. it now, because it seems a lot more official. So we do have a Lex Luthor in the new universe that uh, I assume will uh, be the universe that Supergirl will occupy. Although she may uh, have her own universe in space with a uh, supergirl woman of tomorrow and i hope i have not already frozen up it seems like i might sort of seen that way i cleared my cash i got all this stuff off this base on my computer i don't know what's going on so i did see your hands move but then they stopped again <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm always like frozen in like the most uh unflattering <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm going to come out of go out of StreamYard and come back in, and I'm going to, before I leave, contact StreamYard and be like, what the heck? Why is this happening? Excuse uh, you, StreamYard. <laughs> because I have tried to figure out what's going on, why, why my uh, system is overloaded. Um, but Morgan, if you would like to um, uh, pop in the chat, if anybody has sure. any questions about anything, I will try to resume my StreamYard and uh, uh, come back. Sounds sounds like a plan. Uh, I do see in the chat, Rachel says, I still need to finish Rebirth. I stopped after Carr went to space, or rather came home from being in space. I definitely read the issues covered on the podcast. That's what we read, too. Uh, <laughs> I've read no more than the issues that we covered on the podcast, so we probably do have to get back to that at some point. Uh, at some point soon. Um, I... Honestly, somehow managed to miss the rumor of uh, them casting Nicholas Holt as Lex Luthor. So this was sort of a new one for me. I was like, oh, cool. They cast him. And I didn't realize that there had been a rumor going around that they were going to cast him. Uh, but I have seen him before in a couple of different things. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's a pretty good actor. Uh, Rebecca, have you seen Nicholas Holt and stuff before? I have not, so this will be my first introduction to him. But I've he heard is, people people like him. He is great in The Great, uh, which is a, a comedy about uh, Catherine the Great um, from Russia. Oh, and he plays her husband in that show, and he's really funny. Um, uh, so I mean, I've I still am like two seasons behind, and also it got canceled, uh, which is why he's fr potentially why he's free to do this. But um, <laughs> but, but I would highly recommend it. Uh, it's, okay. a, it's a fun show. It's a good show. Okay. This is a slightly historically accurate, but not too much. <laughs> does he does he seem like villain material? He's kind so he's kind of um he's kind of villainous in the great, but like in a really self-centered way, kind of like a doofus villain. So okay. it'll be it'll be interesting to see what his version of Lex looks like. Uh he's definitely not like a great guy in the great, but uh he isn't um like a mustache twirling like criminal mastermind either. He's just kind of like a like a dumb dumb. 
But he is a good actor, would you say? Yeah, I, I'd say so. Yeah, I think he does a good job in that show. I think he's really funny. I think he like hits the emotional beats fairly well. I feel like I've also seen him in other stuff. But uh, I could not tell you what that other stuff is. Uh, so who knows? Uh, but I know the great. Um, okay. That one I do know. Let me see. Oh, he was he was really good in the menu. Have you seen the menu? I've never seen the menu. What is that? I, the is menu food related is wild. <laughs> I kind of don't even want to. I kind of want to just tell you to watch the movie without knowing what it's about. It's so. I, I guess it's kind of considered a horror movie. I don't think it's very horror movie esque, but it is weird. For sure. So basically, uh, all these people go to this island to get this, like, to go to this very, very uh, expensive, like, very fancy uh, dinner where this, like, chef who's, like, a genius cooks all the food. And Nicholas Holt is, like, super, super into, like, one of those, like, super foodie people who's, like, really into it. And he's like, oh, my God, this is how he makes this. And this is how he makes this liquid emulsion. (laughs) And it's also got Anna Taylor-Joy in it. And she's just like, I don't care. Um, (laughs) It's a really – I don't want to – I don't want to give away more of the movie than that if you ever decide to watch it. Because about halfway through the movie, you think you know what you're watching. And then it just gets insane. And you're like, what? (laughs) Yeah, the premise of that, knowing that it's a horror movie, is making me maybe not watch <laughs> that because I could see that going into some places that it's would a little be disturbing. Gross. Yeah, yeah, it's a little disturbing. I wouldn't say it's it was very gross though. I will say that. Okay. Like I didn't. I don't think I had to look away more than like once in the whole movie. Okay. So right. I would I would always give a I always give like a gore warning because I don't like movies that are gory. This one's not particularly. But, but, gory. You're, but you're also more of a, a horror movie connoisseur <laughs> that than is, I am. That yeah. is true. I, I I've seen I've heard some people consider it horror. I consider it more just like weird. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what genre to put it in. It's also it's it's uh, Google uh, classifies it as a horror comedy. Oh okay. Um, it is funny in places. It's weird also. So let's see. What else was he in? He was the little boy in About a Boy. I didn't know that. Is that the one where like uh, they shot it over a course of like a decade or something? No. No. Oh, no. no that I know is, exactly oh. which, which one you're thinking of, though. Um, but is is that Hugh, uh, uh, about a the actor Hugh in that? Hugh, Hugh Grant. Grant. Yes. Okay. It's like he's a, a single parent or something, or maybe he like he meets like a like a little boy or something like that, and becomes kind of like his like mentor or something. Right. Okay. He like learns to be. He like grow like Hugh Grant grows up by like meeting this like little kid. Sure. And apparently sure. Nicholas Holt was the little kid in that. I did not know that though. Okay. Well, he has a storied career then if he's been around since. Uh... The days and, of uh, Hugh Grant movies. Uh, Rachel said he was the young beast in X-Men First Class. So he's got a uh, superhero comic book film. There you go. Red. Okay. And, and Aaron points out that he was also in Warm Bodies, a zombie movie, which I actually haven't seen. I don't think I'd want to see it. I'm there not you, really. There you go. <laughs> zombie person. Uh, I'm only a zombie person if Zack Snyder directs it. <laughs> it is. Warm Bodies is a horror romance. No. Mm-mm. So I don't know how that works. And now I have to admit, <laughs> I am a little intrigued. Like I is, it too, 
Is it two zombies who fall in love? That's actually beautiful. (laughs) Like, no, 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 please. Like, no, you take the brains. No, no, I couldn't possibly. (laughs) What's what's the tagline for that? It's like uh, the the Walking Dead, but uh, they're not anymore, or like they've come back to life. (laughs) Like, there's there's this slogan (laughs) in there somewhere. There's so yeah. There's I feel like there's so much. Oh. Uh, it says, uh, the, the tagline on one of the posters is he's still dead, but he's getting warmer. Oh no, that's <laughs> terrible. I don't, I don't like that actually. That's, that, that needed to be workshopped. Uh, there is, there is a, a good tagline in there somewhere, but I don't know that that that's was not it. it. That is not <laughs> that the was line. not it. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's too funny. Uh, did we want to address Stanley's comments? Oh, I see oh, Stanley. Popped up. Yeah, in the chat um, asked, have you read Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow? It's great. We have Stanley. Actually, we read it here on this very podcast. Uh, and you can find all those episodes in our archive. But we uh, we covered every single issue of it. So we're big fans. Spoiler alert. We really liked it. <laughs> We really liked it. And Morgan actually helped me understand the ending because I came in real hot about it. And then Morgan was like, actually, I think you misunderstood the ending. And I was like, you know what? I think it did. The ending Um, wasn't super clear, but we liked the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, we uh, talked uh, talked about it issue by issue. um, And we also interviewed Tom King about it. So he gave us some uh, insight into the creation of the story and about the characters and the influence for it. So if you're interested in Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, definitely check out our episodes on it because I think they're pretty great personally. And um, it's uh, worth uh, checking out if you've read the story or even before you've read the story. So uh, yeah, we like Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Super excited about the movie. We don't know much about it as of yet. Uh, so hopefully we'll hear something about that soon. Cause I mean, if it comes out after a uh, Superman legacy, it should be hopefully within a couple of years. So we should yeah. start hearing some stuff. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I, th- I personally, listen, I think Supergirl should come first. James Gunn, you've heard it here first. I think, I mean, listen, Superman's great, right? No one's saying Superman's not great. We all love <laughs> Superman, but think about it. Supergirl first. That would be a real first. <laughs> she is typically uh, older than him. Wouldn't it be great if Supergirl's movie could get out first before everything falls apart? Like it kind of usually does here. Be- before the superhero fatigue has <laughs> fully set in and before, before people no stop going to these movies. Yeah. <laughs> be like such a fun little treat for us. <laughs> Yeah, I am a little worried that uh, if Superman Legacy tanks, we're not getting that Supergirl one of tomorrow movie. What if I give you twenty bucks? Could we put it in the front of the? Could line? we just move it at the at the head, please? I don't think this is considered bribery. <laughs> it's just encouragement. We're it's just, just trying a little to like... encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we'll, we'll watch whatever Christmas movie you want us to watch. <laughs> James Gunn. <laughs> we'll make a trade to get that Supergirl movie first. Uh, yeah. So uh, we've got uh, Superman, Lois Lane and Lex Luthor. And then a whole bunch of like side characters, uh, like the engineer, the, the character everyone wanted to see in the next Superman movie. So there's a lot of like extraneous people that, 
I'm whatever, but we've got we've Superman, all, Lois Lane, all the big parts, like the yeah. engineer, <laughs> barista number two. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up. I, when you were off the stream, I, I admitted that I hadn't even heard the rumor that he was cast as Lex Luthor. I was just like, it was just a fun little surprise for me today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like the Hollywood Reporter and like some of those big outlets had said something in November and the way the articles were written, I remember reading it thinking, I don't, that does seem like official. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, it seems like they're just kind of making this up. So that's why he had to come out and um, why G- James Gunn had to come out and uh, ah. uh, talk about that. Oh, Rachel reminds me, we do have an, a Jimmy Olsen and Eve Tessmacher. Well, we'll have to talk about it in the next episode because I did kind of forget about that. So we will talk about Jimmy and Eve. So, uh, they are building out the Superman uh, world cast of characters. Um, oh, and Stanley is also reminding me they cast Sean Gunn as Maxwell Lord as well. So uh, we'll have to talk about a lot of casting for that because uh, <laughs> I kind of forgot about those things. Um, so now I'm very curious about Maxwell Lord. Maxwell uh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I feel like if you're going to cast Maxwell Lord, you should just like go uh, and get Peter Fascinelli. Like he's, <laughs> I think he's, he's, already, he's already got this. He's around, right? Like he's, <laughs> he's around. He's got this. He's got this. <laughs> he was a great Maxwell Lord. We all liked him. I, I mean, wonder or love to hate him. <laughs> I wonder if he's going to do terrible things the whole movie and then get away scot free and reunite with his son at the end of it. I wonder if that's oh, gonna, you know, like Wonder Woman 1984. Well, that, was, a, that was super fun of, to watch. He got a lot of guilt, you know, so yeah. it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really? He's like almost destroyed the world and you're not even going to like arrest him? Okay, whatever. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> he was played by Pedro Pascal. And if Pedro Pascal kind of came yeah. in and was like, you know what? Morgan, my bad. <laughs> I did it for my son. I'd be like, Pedro, you scamp. <laughs> all is forgiven. It's all fine. is forgiven. It, we're all good. <laughs> You're baby Yoda's dad. I can't. I can't possibly. <laughs> so what take on Maxwell Lord will they go with? I don't know. Maybe it'll be the the take where Wonder Woman has to come in and uh, cut his head his head off. Because I think that happens. In, I think uh, you're right. And one uh, of the Wonder Woman kills him in the comics. Brutal. So yeah, hey, would so it be maybe funny if, if like Wonder Woman is like completely unestablished in this movie? <laughs> she just comes in, cuts off uh, Sean Gunn's head, and then disappears. And then we're just like, <laughs> who was <is> that? <laughs> anyway, I've got some ideas. Call me. <laughs> I'd be way more excited about Superman Legacy than I currently. <laughs> <laughs> No one saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, in uh, continuing with movie news, we do uh, have a new trailer for Ooh. Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1. Warner Brothers Entertainment released uh, one on their social media channels and on their YouTube, which I guess YouTube is also a social media channel as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, Morgan, uh, shall we try to do like a like a live reaction to it? Sure. I guess let's do it. Because I've watched it. Yeah, so this will be a good way that we can kind of talk about it. 
amongst each other. Uh, yeah. Let me know if you can see the screen. Got it. I'm trying to get rid of that. Like, why? Apparently, I can't get rid of that white space at the bottom of the screen. Anyway, <laughs> no big problem. Okay, so let me make sure that there's audio. I'll turn it up a little bit. All right, so we'll probably start it and stop it based on any questions you have sure. or any uh, comments. So just let me know if you want to stop it. Already feeling like we should start it with Supergirl. Yeah, uh, this uh, it's already starting. <laughs> up. So real flash heavy at the beginning, I guess. Real we gotta, flash heavy. Well, and and Flash does have a big, a big part in Crisis on Infinite Earths. He is one of the two spoiler alert characters who die in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like two of the big big deaths. Some of the Earths, you know, kind of get destroyed and stuff. But well, not uh, great. <laughs> It's not great. There is a, it's a crisis for a reason, but, uh, but Flash is one of the characters who is going to, uh, meet his demise. Although that's an, just an assumption on my part based on the comic book story. Who it knows? It could be that they, he, maybe he doesn't die. Anything could happen. Most of you are. So it looks like we've got, uh, Robin, uh, Batman, I guess Black Canary, Green Arrow. Uh, who's, who's a, who's like, uh, who's Green? Uh, maybe, maybe uh, green blue beetle. Where did you live? At? And then Aquaman. Yeah, it seems like the most of the kind of the big cast. to many versions of your universe. I've gathered you all. To... So I guess that's the uh the, the uh, monitor? the monitor, and there'll be the anti monitor in here. Uh, it's hard to kind of tell who some of these characters are from their backs. Save maybe Red Tornado. Maybe maybe Zatanna. I was about to say that's the that's the guy who does the magic with the top hat. That does not look good. And there are two Supermen here. Two Supermen. So uh, on Infinite Earths, uh, you have to have multiple Supermen. Uh, it's hard to kind of tell some of these characters down here. Obviously, Hawkman is going to be. Oh in yeah, here. got, got, got those the wings. wings. Yeah, uh, it's kind of hard to tell some of these mm. other characters. Uh, but yeah, so we'll have multiple Supermen in here. But you got that right. The threat is real. I was on one of the Earths that was swallowed by this wave. <laughs> so I don't know if that's... Ooh. Is, is that Reverse Flash? Somebody yeah, in the they, chat yeah. uh, let me know. I don't know who that's exactly supposed to be. I come from a parallel Earth. We look down on Super. So this might be the crime syndicate? The uh, like uh, bad guy version of the Justice League, I think. Is that is that Lena Luther over in the over in the corner with her? No, I I think that I think it's supposed to be like the bad guy version of uh, Wonder Woman. <laughs> it looks it looks like Katie McGraw. <laughs> yeah, it kind of did. Uh, but there's uh, the Owl Man and Ultraman. So uh, yeah. Welcome our newly formed team. Oh, there's Martian Manhunter. Oh as well. yeah, and uh, Vixen is in there. And I think this animation style is uh, related to the Legion of Superheroes movie, the the animated movie that we watched. Oh, yeah, it all does those, similar. That had all those brainiacs, so I think it's similar in that. The heroes, the Justice League. Uh, so I guess that's Metallo, maybe. Looks like the Probably. Uh, green heart, in Kryptonite, there. sort of. Yeah, situation. Uh -huh. yeah. Drained of power from them. Thank you, Justice League. Something's about to happen. Something made. Sure. 
I am Harbinger. This is the thing. Yeah, I think so. I think I don't know if they're doing the similar thing to the Airverse of having. I was about uh, to say Barry and Iris's wedding. Are Barry and Iris getting married just like they did in the uh, the Arrowverse? Yeah, and I don't think I'd have to reread Crisis. It's been a long time since I've read the comic book version of it, but I don't think Barry Allen gets married in that. I, I, I have no idea. I was going to ask the Arrowverse. Yeah, I mean. Do we do we think that Oliver and Felicity are gonna like parachute oh, into gosh. this wedding and be like, could we do a joint wedding? <laughs> I would, I would riot. I don't. It doesn't look like there's a Felicity in here, but maybe no. There is, but... Could this also be about us a little bit? <laughs> I have. I, I can't. I'm trying to think. I'm probably been madder than that in the Arrowverse on Supergirl, but that was like one of the times where I was really mad about the Arrowverse. <laughs> ridiculous oh my gosh that was not a great moment you each possess the skills strength and speed to save your universe great scott what's happening the universe it's all vanishing look this is it i won't let you go so I think those two characters, I'm going to rewind a little bit. That's Supergirl, right? I think that's Supergirl and Brainiac 5. And Brainiac, like. yeah. Yeah. The universe, it's all vanishing. Look! This is it. I won't let you go. Is it as bad as it looks? Yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Ooh. So yeah, uh, I'm dramatic. Trying to remember when they, I think they announced the date for it. It's like January something. Um, we'll have to take a look at it when it uh, when it comes out. I don't know the date's not at the end of this thing. Um, but yeah, so we'll uh, we'll be reviewing that in the 2024 year. And uh, I think it looks like maybe uh, Barry Allen. I don't, see. I don't know. I think there's two parts to this. And uh, it looks like maybe the Barry Allen big moment in Crisis might be in this one because it looked like some Ooh. of his face was sort of deteriorating. It so did look that way. I don't know what they're uh, doing in that. So I don't know what how they're going about packaging these two movies. Um, oh, Rachel says she thinks it's a trilogy. Oh. So there's three of them? That feels... Fascinating. I don't like know how I feel lot. about it. That's a lot. I mean, it is a big story. Ugh, I hmm. don't know. I feel like that's a lot for me to invest in. <laughs> movies. But if it is, I guess we'll do three episodes of Supergirl Radio <laughs> dedicated to this crisis. And I, I hope that they really like, they, they watch the CW version. They were like, this is perfect. And they do like the Care Bear stare at the end where they all like, <laughs> hold hands and like, oh, yes. They like believe in the power of love or whatever it is really hard and that's how they fix everything because I feel like I feel like we should uh, have more of that <laughs> that was delightful you know I, ha I had kind of forgotten that until you mentioned it but that was something that did happen <laughs> yes I I have never forgotten that it's seared, in, it's seared into my brain <laughs> all the paragons uh, joined together and did their care bear stare and it was good um yeah, and Stanley says uh, not enough Supergirl on that. I agree. Uh, agreed. I, I there was that like one brief second of her, and I was like, "Is that is that her? Is that it?" 
Yeah, uh, this is one of the biggest Supergirl stories in her comic book history. So I really just hope that uh, whenever they see if it's three movies, because I don't want to spoil it for people in case you're new to Supergirl radio and you don't know what happens with Supergirl in Crisis on Infinite Earths. You might have uh, already said. <laughs> uh, oh, did I, did I already say? Well, in that case, um, there's a big moment uh, for Supergirl in Crisis, and it's a very pivotal for her history. Uh, kind of, um, uh, I guess I could say, um, made it so that she did not appear in comic books for uh, a couple of decades. And uh, so <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. She goes on a weird on a vacation. Uh, she, goes, <laughs> she goes to Aruba. It's a, it's a weird character choice. I agree. She retired um, early. And, and then uh, she just doesn't come back for like 20 years. It's really strange. <laughs> <laughs> she comes back so tan, though. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. No, she it was a great uh, time of rest and relaxation. Puka shell necklace. Yeah. <laughs> We always want to put puka shell necklaces on heroes. Supergirl, Red Tornado. Ah, you can you can uh you can see that like my fashion sense was forged in the early two thousands. Let's, <laughs> let's get Red Tornado with a puka shell necklace and some frosted tips. <laughs> that is in a previous episode of Supergirl Radio. I cannot remember which one. Maybe maybe Red Faced when we did I, Supergirl Radio Rewind. Maybe I think so. I think so. I think we uh we went on a whole tangent where like Red Tornado like surfs in his free yeah. time. Yeah, and it's just like kind of just kind of a surf bro. Like that's. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of we heard a whole story that for he here. deserved. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, he didn't get enough stories. We're going to write him one. Uh, so that's uh, not something that uh, you would understand if you had not seen that episode. So go back and uh, either watch or listen to that episode. But um, I don't know if the little bit of Supergirl in this trailer, because this is part one. I don't know if that's an indication of her not having as big of a part in part one. So maybe whatever she does big wise uh, could be in part two. I would imagine uh, mm -hmm. that's my guess is part two is when, when things go South for Supergirl. Uh, yes. Daryl Supergirl went to live on a farm. <laughs> yes. That's exactly that's, what happened. That's what <laughs> we're going to really say. Happy there though. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> she's with other animals. She's, she's just living uh, she's with other people on the farm, just really having a good time. Uh, so that's that's what we'll say from now on. But I think most of our Supergirl radio listeners, we all kind of know what happens to Supergirl in crisis. Uh, but just in case, uh, we'll we'll not talk about it until we get to reviewing the animated series. So um, uh, we'll keep a look out on that. I think January 9th maybe is the release date for. Ooh. Uh, part one. So, uh, we'll we'll cover the the second uh the sequel to the Nine Months of Christmas, and then we'll dive right into uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Nice, nice. We're, we're giving the people what they want. You know, <laughs> Crisis, lots of cats, Christmas, <laughs> Brandon Ralph. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll be a good start to twenty twenty four. Um, so that's how we will ring in the new year. So speaking of cats and Brandon Ralph. Let's get to talking about The Nine Lives of Christmas. The IMDb description for this 2014 film reads, quote, After a stray cat adopts Zachary, he meets Merrily and realizes the single life is not as fulfilling as he thought it was, unquote. So, Morgan, what did you think about this story? A lot, you know, Hallmark movies get the rap of, uh, or the reputation 
uh, of being kind of the same kind of story. I don't know if you felt like that. Was there something unique about the Nine Lives of uh, Christmas that sort of sets it apart from other Hallmark movies? I feel like a lot of Hallmark movies have dogs, and this one has <laughs> And so all, immediately I was like, you know, usually I like these. Like, I put these on in the background. But for some reason, I'm really vibing with this one. <laughs> um, and I think it's because of the cats. He has a – Brandon Routh's character has a boss at the firehouse. And the boss is like, cats are better than dogs. And I was like <laughs> – bold man and then he carries <laughs> around the little cat and he's like this is a good cat and i was like that yeah that's right that's a great guy i like that guy that guy <laughs> has it all figured out i mean he also really wants like his his uh employee to settle down or whatever which is kind of weird but i <laughs> too, think too invested in his personal too invested in his but he's like don't you got yourself a lady friend routes character is like yeah i am like literally dating somebody he's like but i don't like that one it's like <laughs> sir you're my boss step one step back please well i will say in the story sam his his superior at the firehouse so chris uh so uh i almost said christopher reed brandon routes uh character is a firefighter in this story. He uh, poses for the firefighter calendar for the year. He's going to be on the cover. He's a firefighter, lives in the firehouse. He also has a house. He's also like a firefighter slash like house fixer upper. And so, so, you, so you asked me what I thought about this movie and like how it differentiated itself from other Hallmark movies. And yes. um, my answer would be there's so much stuff in this one. Like, <laughs> oh, like how? I just felt like this movie was like, we need so many subplots. Like we need <laughs> subplots upon subplots. We need, we need things upon things upon things. It can't just be that they both like cats and it's Christmas, which I think is a valid, a valid <laughs> you, movie. I, you could tell that story there. There, He's also flipping a house. Right. He also has like kind of an evil girlfriend. She's he, the worst. <laughs> they, they both, have traumatic backstories that they info dump on each other. She, the, the girl is studying for her exams and she doesn't have time for love, except that she made up a fake boyfriend. Brown Adding the fake boyfriend on top of everything else that was happening <laughs> was a lot. Also, it's a story about a man falling deeply in love with a cat. And so, <laughs> and so I was just like, at some points I was like, really, do we need the fake dating storyline like layered on top of all of this other stuff? Like, isn't one of these one too many? And the movie was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I almost forgot. This is how many storylines there are in this hour and a half. I want to be really clear. It's an hour and a half movie. Uh, she has to move in with him at one point. And then they're like roommates, but not really. But then they get like all domestic with each other. And then it scares him. So he pushes her away. <laughs> and I was like, what? What is happening? Are they still fake dating? <laughs> <laughs> so yes uh zachary uh is a character who uh his parents are divorced 
He was very angry as a teenager because of it. And through that experience, uh, he was in a, a fire. There was a house fire and this heroic fighter fire saved his life. And that's when he decided he was going to stop being angry and he was going to help other people and become a firefighter. And that firefighter turned out to be his boss at the firehouse. <laughs> and that's why he's so invested in Zachary's life. That's because fair. he is kind of a father figure to him. And then uh, Marilee, uh, the uh, female uh, uh, lead in this, the uh, the owner of uh, Queenie, who is the the cat uh, on that side of the uh, story, uh, she her parents died uh, in I think a car accident. She had to raise her little sister. Um, so both have terrible backstories tragic backstories i will say the the biggest laugh i had in the whole movie and this shows like what a terrible person i am i think was when she asked him like oh what made you want to be become a firefighter and he was like i almost died in a fire and i had to like pause it because i was like dying because i was like this is it's so dramatic like that's (laughs) it he didn't need to have almost died in a fire to want to become a firefighter which is like and that fire like killed my you know (laughs) it was just really strange it was like they both had like they were it was like they were having a, a tragic backstory off in this one scene where she was like you know my my parents died and i had to come home and raise my sister and like that's why and like and now i'm working my way through school why'd you become a firefighter well a fire almost killed me but then i decided <laughs> like oh my god is it like any conversation with you guys normal <laughs> both of their backstories are a little cliche like when, little when too- she said that my parents died in a car accident i was like oh my gosh really uh (laughs) like me like me laughing when he said i almost died in a fire oh that's why he became a firefighter yeah i had the i had the opposite i had the similar reaction but to her story yeah i was like oh my gosh okay come on (laughs) although even though those were not believable the one thing that i thought was super believable in this movie is that all the female characters in it even the side characters were fawning over brandon routh i thought that was the most believable aspect of that was believable like the uh, the lady taking the, his picture at the beginning, um, <laughs> like all these like uh, ladies he was dating, merrily all these characters. I was like, okay, that actually that tracks is realistic. I'm, I d- I did I'm, appreciate, I buy that part. I did it. appreciate that the movie didn't try to pretend like he's like a normal looking man. No, he's not. He looks like Superman. <laughs> That's why he got cast as Superman. Like <laughs> if he walked in, you'd be like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he is the the attractive man, and she's kind of the uh, pretty but doesn't know it character. Uh, yeah, so that that was her her description in the film. Uh, she's not the supermodel that he's dating, but uh, she's she's pretty and doesn't know it. Um, so uh, I guess uh, what did you think about? So we we talked about kind of how she gets kicked out of her. So a lot of things happen to Marilee. She gets <laughs> a fired. lot of things happen. Period in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Marilee's working at a pet store because she's got. I guess that's paying for her vet school. I don't know. But I mean, not in 2023, but this is a little bit older of a movie. Uh, This is a a nine-year-old film. So maybe back in 2014, you could pay for your vet school by working at PetSmart or wherever she was working. So she gets fired because uh, Zachary's girlfriend doesn't like her and uh, gets her fired because her dad owns the pet store. 
And then uh, she goes home and her cat gets discovered by the landlord and she has to be evicted because you're not allowed to have cats in the uh, premises, which I also found very believable because I had a cat when I was in college. I had three other roommates and we had a cat that lived with us for about six months and we were not supposed to have a cat in there. But we were trying to kind of save this cat from being sent somewhere else. So we nice. decided we would take in the cat. His name was Socks. He had Socks. little white white paws. He ate, he chomped on all of our candles. Sounds um, great. He uh Less one, a cat. one time I came back to the apartment, opened up the front door, walked in, and he was sitting in front of the door, like licking himself as he was cleaning himself. And I was like, Socks, you cannot sit right in the front of the door. <laughs> And then he also, I think, would sometimes look out the window. So inevitably, oh, socks, got, <laughs> socks got discovered by the apartment people, and we no. had we had to uh, we had to uh, uh, give socks to someone else to take care Free of. Home socks, yeah, poor socks. It was devastating. I was highly allergic at the time, uh, oh, so no. socks socks could not come into my room. But uh, it, it was. I kind of enjoyed having socks around, so it was very sad when he had to go. But cats do give themselves away. Uh, so do. I found that they part of the movie pretty believable as well. They don't like to, like, follow our rules, and they don't like <laughs> to follow, like, your rules in particular. So if you're like, cat, you need to hide when people are out. The cat will be like, present myself <laughs> at first. <laughs> need to back that thing up right into the new... <laughs> The nearest visitor? <laughs> sure, I can do that. You're like, no, cat, no. Why did you do that? So I miss Socks. He was a good cat. Um, he sounds like a great cat. He was a good cat. <laughs> I used to put little um, teddy bear t-shirts on him. He hated oh, that. He did not I like. He did. he did not like clothes, but it was really funny. Oh, I bet um, he looks so cute too. He was really, shirt. he was really cute. <laughs> uh, so I meant that was the last time I got to have a cat. But um, so her. Her apartment, she's got to move out and she's got to move in with Zachary because he offers her, offers her a place. So there is a lot going on in this movie for sure. There sure is. I do appreciate that this whole movie is kind of based off of like the uh, the cat distribution system, which is something that <laughs> I, I had to look up because I've seen it online a lot. And the cat distribution system theory is basically that <laughs> cats tend to just kind of like you go adopt a dog, you go find a dog, you go buy a dog from a breeder. A cat's just sort of find you like mm. you're just out and about one day and a cat and you come back to your house and like there's a new cat in there and you didn't you didn't adopt that cat. You didn't even let that cat in. Somehow that cat got in there, but it's now your cat. And uh, Brandon Routh's character goes through the, a similar situation where he is he is gifted by the gods a cat. A cat. The cat is provided to him from the cat distribution system, uh, and he tries to give away the cat. But the thing is that, like, once you've been once a cat is chosen, you've been, you, you've been chosen. Yes, you've been chosen. It's a sacred duty. It's a sacred <laughs> honor. <laughs> so, did you? Uh, kind of think that maybe Ambrose was a little bit of a a metaphorical stand-in for Zachary at all. Do you do you think there was any connection between like Zachary and Ambrose and Marilee and Queenie? You know what? That's a great question. I think there was in the way that the two cats fell in love, mm. um, and 
just like their owners were falling in love, but couldn't <laughs> admit it. And Ambrose, like, hey, listen, Ambrose saw Queenie and he was like, that gorgeous long haired cat, that's my new <laughs> girlfriend. Uh, big orange cat energy, just like, just going in there, not even confident, confident and wrong, orange cat energy. And Queenie was like, I like it. I like it. So I like that the cats managed to, uh, to you know, get it together and work it out before their owners did. Uh, I like the, I like a future idea where these two cats can, you know, just live their little, little cat lives together. It sounds beautiful. Uh, I don't, I don't, personality wise, I'm not sure. I mean, Ambrose was like a great cat, just like top tier cat, but <laughs> I feel like they could have had maybe, maybe had Ambrose and, uh, and Zachary have like similar personality quirks. I think that would have been fun. Yeah. Cause I guess, um, Ambrose was helping Zachary maybe learn how to care about someone else, maybe. Because Zachary is a character that's like, because my parents divorced and I was angry about it as a teenager, I don't want to have a committed relationship. I'm not interested in happily ever after. And so I guess Ambrose is teaching him, like, you can uh, open up your heart to someone else. Yeah, it seemed like he was like very closed off. He like he didn't even really want to have to deal with the cat. He was like, "No, I'm a I'm a lone ranger. I'm I'm just by myself. Like women come and go, but I, you know, I don't want to commit." And he didn't even want to commit to that cat. But guess what? It's a cat and it doesn't care what you want. That's <laughs> the thing. That's sort of the main thing about cats. Bunsen agrees. He says that's really the main thing that you need to know about cats is that they sort of they do what they want. They eat the wires on your headphones when you ask them <laughs> not to. They knock over your ring light when you say oh. please don't do that. Yeah. Um, that's sort of their whole thing. Um, sometimes they want the limelight and the spotlight. Sometimes they want to sit, sleep on your bed and they'll cry outside the, the door to do that. Bunsen will. does that. Yeah. Bunsen, <laughs> you do that, but we don't let you in the bedroom. Not like Ambrose got on that bed. You're not getting on that bed. So Ambrose was pretty clever. He got, he, he figured out a way to get back in there. He did. He did. Bunsen, Bunsen could, uh, could take some some lessons from him although Bunsen I feel like is like my little serial killer because um <laughs> Bunsen will fully try to open the doorknob and oh. so you'll be sleeping and you'll just hear oh no like, like a horror movie like That's it's terrifying. like you know, Freddy or Jason trying to get into your room and you're just like Bunsen go to bed <laughs> Bunsen you gotta go to bed <laughs> that is scary if Bunsen had opposable thumbs he'd be unstoppable <laughs> but he doesn't so he can't open that door <laughs> right buddy one day one day you'll evolve won't you <laughs> so what did you think uh, I, I guess uh, I wanted to get to the ending but do you think that there's something else that we need to talk to in the build up to their relationship what did you think about um, I guess before we get there because uh, I I had conflicting thoughts about so Marilee's friend uh, suggests to her that she put up some uh, mistletoe in the yes. house that they are sharing together <laughs> What did you think about that? I thought that scene was so strange um, that I felt like I had imagined it, like I had dreamed it. 
Um, and that I had watched it wrong. So I went back and I rewatched the scene again and it wasn't any more normal on the second time. So I realized it wasn't me, but yeah, she's like putting up the mistletoe and she like walks right by, doesn't notice. And she's like, Oh, okay. Well, I don't, I, I guess I'll just take it down. It's embarrassing that he didn't notice. And then all of a sudden he like comes up and he like, kisses her really dramatically and i was like is that supposed to be because of the mistletoe are people are people that serious about mistletoe it was, he, he, it was he said weird. he didn't have a choice he had to do it yes when he talks later to his uh his firefighter friends he's like i had to man is the mistletoe it was like really I don't think it's that serious. I don't think mistletoe is that serious. Bunsen, I swear to God. I swear to God. <laughs> oh, no. You, can, you oh, cannot no. have it. Have it. Everything's fine. <laughs> Do I need to put up the uh, lab cat emergency? <laughs> no, he's being real good. Come on. Come on. Be <laughs> real good. <laughs> I I had a feeling that one of them was going to come visit because it, we are talking about the nine lives of Christmas. Yes. They, both, they both watched it with me, you know, so yeah. they had. They probably had some thoughts and feelings on the uh, Bunsen, I think, was really actually uh, invested in the relationship. Really? And Queenie. Oh, yeah. Weren't you, buddy? You he was really invested. He really wanted those two to make it work. Yeah. Did you want those <laughs> to work? I'm sure did. He said he's a softy at heart. He's a romantic Bunsen is. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was curious what you thought about that mistletoe scene because I thought she was dreaming. Like I thought it was like okay. a dream. So it also seemed like it like was so weird that it didn't seem real to you too, right? Yeah, I thought okay. it was a dream sequence and she was gonna like come out of it and then she's gonna be like, oh, that didn't happen. I, I thought it was yeah. like, to like I had to go rewind it to be like, okay. oh, that actually that happened for real. Like that was a like a real thing. I was so confused by that. It makes me feel so much better that you also rewound that scene to see if it was real. Because, yeah, it was like the editing on that scene and, and honestly, the performances, too, were so abrupt. It like didn't make any sense from the scene that like had like preceded it. To the fact that, like, yeah, it did kind of seem like a dream sequence where I was like, did that really just happen? Do you do you feel, I guess, since we both sort of had issues with <laughs> everything's fine. It's going great. <laughs> Bunsen really wants to be here for this particular recording. <laughs> and I don't feel like I have the heart to throw him off. So he's just going <laughs> to have to find a little place on the desk if my camera keeps moving it's because he keeps headbutting the laptop and it okay, keeps moving right. the laptop but that's okay that's fine <laughs> he, can, he can do what he wants <laughs> um do you think that the movie did a good job of building up their relationship because for a large portion of the movie zachary is with this blair girl Who's just the worst? She's a supermodel. She's superficial. She's selfish. She's mean. She doesn't like cats. But that's the most important thing. She wants to get rid of Ambrose. How um, dare? How dare she want to get rid of a big chunky orange boy like that? <laughs> <laughs> and also, she can't decide uh, between different uh, shades of white. A no big problem. Uh, She's um, like they all look the same to me. And unlike Marilee, who is like obviously you need a. <laughs> 
<laughs> my so, favorite is like uh, later on when she's living with him and he comes in and she's like painted all of the walls of the house and she's like oh just little old me <laughs> i just I'm thought gonna, i would i just thought i would do this to help out i'm just a professional house painter in my free time <laughs> <laughs> i just don't know what to do with myself now that i'm not in vet school classes it's <laughs> um, like all right merrily all right calm down <laughs> calm down but uh i guess my question is because like he's with that blair girl for a long a a long portion of the movie yeah and then sort of like the last i guess 30 minutes or so they move in together he and merrily move in together and then there's kind of like a there's like a, a tension between them but they uh but they don't really act on it until like the very last scene <laughs> so i guess <laughs> Sorry. I, I want to see that picture later. A lot is a lot is going on right now. This is Bunsen right now. He's swing uh, <laughs> on a cord. This was Bunsen moments ago. Uh, if he looks a little disturbed, it's because he is Bunsen. What, buddy? <laughs> There's a lot of activity I down then. If you want to be on the desk, you can. <laughs> but you gotta settle. You gotta settle. Looking <laughs> at me. Because <laughs> um, I guess I was maybe I was surprised that they kissed because it had not really progressed in such a way that like it was leading to something like that. Do you feel like it was building it up in a, a way that made that that mistletoe kiss uh, make sense? I feel like it was building up their relationship that like they liked each other and then they just kept on like encountering each other. And then like, kind of like he kind of like went looking for her after the, his awful girlfriend got her fired, uh, which is how he ends up helping her move out and everything. But I didn't think that like in the, in that part of the movie, they had really built up to them like being romantic it seems like they're more friends and roommates with like a romance sort of percolating under the surface but i feel like they needed a little bit more to establish it yeah i i think they needed to do something a little bit more they they showed them getting along and that they were very compatible but i don't know that like it, that kiss kind of came out of nowhere i felt like um so that was not my favorite part. Although there were moments in this where I did kind of tear up a little bit. There was some point in the movie where, and I can't remember now which part it was. Maybe it was when they were talking about their, their very tragic backstories. <laughs> and it might've been where uh, Marilee shared about how her parents really loved each other. They were high school sweethearts. And, um, and when his, when her uh, dad would be somewhere in the house and her mom walked in the room like he would light up and all that kind of stuff i think that did hit a chord with me that i was like okay everybody you gotta pull it together <laughs> this, is, this is a really silly movie about people falling in love and they've got cats this is not that serious but um, i love christmas <laughs> <laughs> i've been known to cry at like werewolf weddings so it's not i'm very i'm very sensitive so it's not surprising that i sort of teared up a little bit during this uh silly movie um but uh but i think that was uh the time in which that happened for me so i guess they did i was invested in their relationship at some point 
but uh, I don't know that they really earned that mistletoe kiss. Yeah, I agree. And I, I also, you know, in these kind of movies where it's like a romance and you're following the relationship, like the kiss should be kind of a big moment. It's usually like the yeah. big when they're like, oh, my God, we like each other. And, you know, the whole movie's kind of building to that. And this one, the fact that both of us thought it might be like a dream sequence or something happening, like like that we'd missed a scene. I think that's kind of that's not great. Like that should have been like the, the moment where you're like, yeah, you're like, you know, cheering along instead of being like, what? Why? Yeah. Well, I guess you needed something like that story wise, because I guess if you had waited until the end, so that the end of the movie, spoiler alert, um, I guess to back up, though, uh, the one thing I really did like about this is that they early on, they set up this idea of mountain lions and how mountain lions sort yes. of mate and fall in love, how like the, the male uh, mountain lion will climb to the highest peak. And if the female mountain lion comes and meets him at the top, they'll be together forever. And so that's um, something they set up very early on. And they did pay that off because at the end of the movie, um, Zachary shows up with his fire truck and he climbs to the top of the fire truck and merely climbs it as well to meet him on the top. And um, so that is their way of uh, saying that they want to be together. Uh, So they did have that moment, but I guess, if you waited until then to kind of have their big kiss moment, would that be too late? I mean, I hmm, I guess that's the question. I would have I think I don't hate where they had the kiss, but just like how they had the kiss. Like oh, I yeah, think that okay. maybe there should have been a kiss, but it should have been like them like being really into each other and then like crossing the line and then being like, oh my God, what does it mean? You know? Yeah. Versus <laughs> Versus it being like, well, I had, I had to really like, you know, like lay one on her. She had the missile. Yeah. It seemed, it seemed forced. It seemed forced, or like even like, like it was like maybe like a little like peck kiss that then like became like, uh oh, are we yeah. doing this? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> Whereas like I feel like you could build up the romantic tension, but because of how weird that scene was, like any romantic tension that was being built was like immediately like just off. Uh, like thrown off by how weird the scene was, how choppy it was edited, like all of that stuff where it like barely seemed like a real scene. So I think they missed that moment of like building up how much they were into each other. Like I think it could have worked at the end, but I do like where they had it in the movie. I just don't know like how they had it. I can, I can agree with that. If I was, if I was doing it, I probably would have done it a little different way. Cause I think her forcing his, his hand and uh, uh, I guess uh, to say it that way, I don't, I don't like that it was done because of mistletoe. I think it could have been done another way. I think it should have been done another way to just kind of show that they really liked each other and that they were like, they were scared to cross that line because of his weird commitment issues. And she's like, you know, I'm not dating. I'm still in school. Um, I I have to say the early scene where she's like with her sister and her sister and her sister's fiance, husband, husband, maybe. and yeah are like on her about dating and she's <laughs> and oh that was uncomfortable terrible like i feel like i see this scene in like every hallmark movie and it's like oh my god like lay off and then to like get out of this horrible conversation 
she makes up a boyfriend who is the attractive firefighter that she's met, but like a fictional version. Based on Zachary. Yeah, based on Zachary. And then her sister asks her, what's his name? (laughs) And if that isn't a slam dunk question for if you had, say, a real boyfriend, um, I don't know what is. And I've never seen anyone get that wrong. If they were like, hey, you have a husband, right? What's his name? And I answer to you, I just call him, I just call him blue eyes. (laughs) Or like, I just call him brown eyes. You'd be like, that is weird. That is demonstrably weird. I just ask you what this am i supposed to call this man i'm supposed to meet him and i'm gonna say hey what up brown eyes like (laughs) what that's insane and i just thought it was so weird like the the writing around that was like so sweaty to me it was like they were going for something like oh my god i'm like panicking and i just said whatever and it's you know mistaken identities but it was like too much It's like no human being talks this way and like there's no way that sister i'm sorry like i don't have siblings but i know i know people who have siblings and there's no way a sibling would let that go no way a sibling would go oh oh you just call him mr brown eyes sure <laughs> can't wait to meet him no way they're gonna be like you're being real weird what's his name <laughs> Especially uh, there's a scene where they go shopping for a dress and Marilee gets this really nice black dress and she's wearing it. And so her sister is driving the car and drives them by the fire station is like, hey, let's go in and see brown eyes. And uh, Marilee squirms her way out of that so that the sister doesn't go in. But I, I thought the sister would have like gotten out and like forced both of them to go in. That's what I thought was going to happen. And it didn't. Yeah. So- yeah, the it, sister it, was not probing enough. The sister, yeah, the sister really didn't. Um, I feel like you could, that was the one plot point that I felt like you could have removed so easily from this. Like, there are a lot of plot points. Uh, but this one, I felt like was almost kind of de- to the deterrent of the movie because I've, you know, I've seen enough rom-coms. Usually the, the you know, the mistaken identity, somebody saying that somebody is like themselves or somebody else is something that they're not, that usually like plays into that's usually like a big part of the story that's usually like you know we're have to we're fake dating you know there's a whole there's a whole book talk trend on fake dating like it's a whole romance (laughs) uh, like like cliche of its own like genre of its own and it just felt like they added fake dating as like a layer on top of this already like 12 layer cake and they're like i don't know throw another one on it maybe maybe he's her fake boyfriend for the thing (laughs) you don't need it you don't need you can get rid of that because it never pays off in any way so here's what i thought maybe either could have happened or what i was sort of thinking as i was watching it because sometimes i like to try to see if i could guess like what's coming and i thought she was going to go to that realtor party or whatever it was. And she was going to find out that the guy that they wanted to set her up with was actually Zachary. Because they they talked about this guy who was really like, they, they wanted to set her up with this guy that they knew and he was really handsome, but he didn't have any really committed relationships. And so when it turned out that Zachary was also like 
in real estate where he was like flipping houses and stuff. Yeah. I thought he was going to go to this party and they were like, hey, here's the guy we wanted to set you up with. And it was going to be Zachary, like turn out to be Zachary. Of course, she does go to that party and she sees him. But that's where she's like, oh, no, he's talking to this blonde lady. He's cheating on me with some other girl, even though like we're not actually dating. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they that like her reaction to this was so outsized, like an overdramatic that they had to have a scene with her being like, I know it's not reasonable to feel this way. <laughs> As she like talks to her cat and her cat was like, please get me therapy. I can't. <laughs> I can't, you can't keep trauma dumping me uh, on me like this way, Marilee. It's just, you, you I'm took just me away from that. Ambrose. What are you doing? <laughs> I feel things too, Marilee. <laughs> <laughs> the inner live, uh, lives of Queenie. Um, but no, no, I agree. I think your solution would have actually 100% like, fixed my issue with the fake dating, which is that you can, uh, I would say, like, you can pick up a storyline and take it out of whatever you're watching and it makes no difference to the story. Like, you probably didn't need it and it like they never paid it off in really any way. And when she shows up at the party without a boyfriend, her sister's just like, oh, bummer. Sorry your fake boyfriend couldn't make it. Like, <laughs> I'm sure he's in Canada. Um, <laughs> he was working. He is working. You know, he's he's up there baking with William Day's girlfriend. <laughs> uh, like, there is no repercussions for her, for this fake boyfriend scheme of hers falling apart. So why, like... And it didn't end up creating any, like, zany hijinks or, like you mentioned, like, we're actually, oh, we were actually going to set you up with that guy. And it's the guy that she likes. And they'll be like, but, you know, now that you're in a relationship, we're trying to set him up with somebody else. And then that could have oh, been, like, yeah. there could have been, like, zany hijinks and, like, miscommunication at the party. But instead, it's just like, oh, she sees him with some other lady, talking to some other lady, and just assumes the worst. But it's like, at no point did her lie about having a boyfriend really impact the story in any way. That's a really good point, uh, that the the fake boyfriend is it's never resolved. Like nobody ever, like, I don't think it's ever dealt with by the sister. Like she never finds out that it was like a fake boyfriend no. at all. Um, and so, usually, yeah, that is strange. Like usually when you have like a romantic comedy where the premise is like somebody is lying about something, like you get that like third act where the person finds out like, Oh, you're dating me for your magazine article. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be using me, a Matthew McConaughey? Uh, <laughs> and, like, usually there's fallout from that. So that, like, the lie is an integral part of the story. And it impacts the, like, the falling action of the story. And instead here, the lie just sort of exists to add more zaniness on top of what is already, like, a lot of zaniness. This woman meets this guy, like, several times. He gets a cat. She, he, his ex-girl, his girlfriend tries to give her the cat. She's like, no to the cat. Then she gets fired. Then she gets uh, uh, evicted. Then she has to move in with this guy. <laughs> then 
oh, are there feelings? Maybe there are feelings. <laughs> then she gets mad because she sees him talking to a blonde and she right. leaves and she moves back out again. And like only at the end do they get back together. But it's like there's so much stuff happening, like adding the layer of the of the fake boyfriend. It doesn't come back around. The sister, as far as we know, is like, oh, hey, it's her firefighter boyfriend she's told me about. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> and and the, and then by the time the end happens and the mountain lions go up on the top of the trunk, the the truck, like her sister would know no difference because then yeah. Mary Lee would introduce her sister as, "Hey, this is Brown Eyes," and hey. so it would it would match up. We don't see that, but like that's what would inevitably inevitably happen. Um, so I guess as a as a as a uh, as a, an exercise, I'm curious mm-hmm. how we would. Uh, do this so if if we think there's too much going on what what do we like about this movie and what would we throw out Ooh, yeah so like what would you what would you keep about this movie Ooh, interesting yes because i I forgot to mention and you've mentioned it a couple times that he is also not only a firefighter but he's flipping houses right uh, which also seems buying them fixing them up and then selling them buying them fixing them and flipping them so he's got like a lot going on in his storyline as well and it's just like there's so many things like the, the the house also doesn't really impact the story at all i thought it was going to at some point so the only way i think that matters to me is that they're this is so cheesy but they're creating this home together. Yes. They're creating what I would assume, although, you know, it, it ends on the happy, happily ever after, but not like the, the, what happens after the happily ever after. So I'm just assuming I'm, I'm going past the happily ever after, but they could be, you know, cause they talk about how Zachary's never like settled anywhere. You know, he's, he's got these houses, but he never stays in one house. He's just like constantly flipping them. So, the only reason that I think that could matter is if he he settles in this house and he and Marilee have created this home together, which I think yes. is a nice I thought. do like that they yeah. have these two cats. They live in this house together. She's helped him pa- pick a, a paint color for the wall. She, she, she connected. <laughs> she connected the oven. They're cooking <laughs> together. They're eating meals together. Um, so they've created this home like a permanent home, which don't want to spoil the nine kittens of Christmas. We'll get there. Um, I have a lot of feelings about how things go down. Um, but we, we, we won't get into it for this discussion. Um, uh, I'm very invested at this point in Zachary and Marilee, and I have a lot of feelings. Um, but uh, but I think the the flipping part of this is that he, he could be creating this permanent uh, solid home with her. I and like so I, that. I kind of like that, but I agree it's too much. He's he's got to either be a house flipper or a fighter fighter. I don't know that he can be both. Yeah, I mean, I guess the firefighting doesn't really he doesn't really do anything with it in the context of the movie. It's not like there's a big fire at one point in the movie and there she's like, "Oh no, what will happen to Zachary? My brown Ooh, eyes." That would have been although that, that would have been, been great add a little action in there they didn't have the budget for that uh, <laughs> they didn't have the budget for like real fire um but yeah no i i kind of agree yeah it's a it's a little bit much but i do like that like she got to help him design the house and at one point he talks about selling the house and she gets kind of sad because she's like oh mm-hmm. i liked i you know i liked it here like liked it 
with us together. And, uh, and I do think that that kind of gives you the idea of their, like their relationship, how they've kind of gotten like really domestic and they're like picking out paint colors and picking out backsplashes and tiles and things like that. So yeah, I do. I do like that. Yeah. I, I don't know that. I think it would be the fake dating that I would get rid of just like, just yeah. completely. And also makes her sound insane when she's talking <laughs> about it. Also it like, it's a, it's borderline. I say, I would say it's borderline creepy. Like you meet a guy at the grocery store and he's looks like Brandon Routh and you're like wouldn't it be great to be Mrs. Superman I mean <laughs> but then like you're but then your family member asks you if you're dating somebody and you're like yes the man from the grocery store like <laughs> now it's getting a little weird now it's starting to feel like maybe maybe you're a little bit of a stalker <laughs> and then and then she keeps bump there is a there is a cut of this movie where it's a horror movie and she's stalking him and that's why she just keeps casually bumping into him everywhere she just oh, happens to be there you're at that this party too oh no i got evicted wherever will i live <laughs> I mean, it would be great if kind of like at the end is like the like the they're pulling back and then you just kind of see into a room where she's got like one of those she's murder like a, boards with like all a the Zachary, red string. Zachary shrine <laughs> and like and like pictures of his like daily roots so that she could like bump into him and <laughs> she's like ha, ha, ha. she's tracked all of his activities <laughs> exactly <laughs> and his patterns of where he goes. Uh, yeah, because at one point she just happens to find Ambrose on the on the street. What? How convenient! She how convenient to return him to the firehouse. I mean, it would have been great if, like, we we saw like a little cut scene where she's the one who opens the door and lets the cat out so oh, she can return him later. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm creating like the horror movie, the horror romance uh, version of this movie. <laughs> okay, so if you could write that story, that's what you would add to it. Yeah, um, yeah, I would. Yeah. I would add that she's been doing this whole thing the whole time, <laughs> and in it- fact, before she even met him at the uh, at the grocery grocery store she'd seen him already she was like she was like that's it mr brown eyes here i come and so and this whole time he thinks that blair is the psycho yeah but, but really, really the psycho really Mary it's merrily she's like i can't study anymore <laughs> so at the end of this horror version of the nine lives of christmas <laughs> does she get killed by one of the cats <gasps> Ooh. does she die by cat i think that the cats are in on it okay okay okay. i've got a pitch i think she goes she wait she goes into a room the room is painted black he was like why are we painting this room black she's like don't worry about it (laughs) she pulls back the rug and there's like a pentagram and like the cats start like lighting a candle (laughs) okay i was gonna twist and then we'd have a real good sequel let me tell you (laughs) well i was i was gonna suggest that maybe uh there's an accident with the cats and they like claw her eyes out or something like something really nasty but then she comes later you find out she didn't die she came back because she has nine lives oh okay that's (laughs) also really good wow 
And I, uh, I'm almost like, does she go right back to like, hey, or does she find like another handsome firefighter where like this, like the cycle starts all over in the sequel, but it's just a different handsome man. <laughs> but that handsome man has to be connected to a cat somehow. Yes, like a handsome. She like sees a handsome man with like one of those cat backpacks, and she's like, him. <laughs> <laughs> That's like or, her or like objective. Que- or like Queenie whispers in his in yes. her ear, it's him. It's him. <laughs> <laughs> so we have rewritten this to be a horror movie. It's, so I, I think we have a horror ver- version of this. Right. It's now like the Krampus version of... Uh, <laughs> Of the nine lives of Christmas. So I think I would I like that your version brought in the title, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I was trying to think of, like, what I could adopt from the cat aspect. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I like the idea that they create this home together. So I think I would keep all of that. I would keep Ambrose and Queenie. I like those aspects of it. Um. But I agree the firefighter thing was not as explored as maybe it could have been. I think you don't even, I think you're right. You're absolutely right. I don't even think you need the firefighter thing. Because either you have him be a firefighter, as you mentioned, and something happens to him. She's like, oh, no, he's oh, died no, in a fire. Him. Yeah. Oh, maybe he dies in a fire, but he doesn't really die. And he has nine lives. And he's the nine lives. <laughs> what if he is about to die in the fire? He's like, something's gone wrong with the firefighting. He, uh, you can tell I'm a professional at this. So I, <laughs> I know all about firefighting. And and just as he's like, oh, like about to like succumb, all of a sudden Ambrose comes in. He comes running in like through the fire, jumping. And he like wakes up Zachary. And he's like, Zachary, we got to go. He doesn't, maybe he doesn't talk, but he just. <laughs> Like meow, Zachary is like, "Hey, little buddy, let's get out of here." And that's how he's saved. (laughs) Yes, this brings Ambrose into the equation as well. See, they're both firefighters in their own way. (laughs) So they do talk about they debate on whether uh, uh, they should have a firehouse cat or a firehouse dog. Yeah. So then you could show that Ambrose is a good firehouse cat. You can show that cats cats save their owner sometimes too. Not all the time because not <laughs> they're not always in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> so I I agree with the sentiment that he's either a firefighter or he's uh like a, a house flipper. I I think having him be both is too much. I think you could make him a house flipper and then just have the firefighter friend characters just be friends. Like, I feel like a lot of these, a lot of these movies are like, well, you know, he's got to be able to talk to somebody else. And like, so I guess he'll talk to his like buddies at the office. And I'm like, or he's got friends. Maybe he just knows a guy who's a firefighter and he goes and hangs out at the firehouse. (laughs) The firehouse didn't really play any part in the story either. So, like, it could have been anywhere. They could have been like, this is my favorite bar or this is the coffee shop I hang out with my buds at. We watch fantasy football. I'm like, we play fantasy football. I think the only reason they really needed the firefighter thing is because he poses for the picture for the calendar. And that's the reason he's talking to the mayor's wife at the party Uh, is because she is dealing with the firefighter calendar to raise money that's the i think that's the only i mean that almost has to be it that's the only connection it's sort of the only connection yeah like uh, i mean i guess that he like kind of like lives at the fire i but guess not all, all the, the time like, 
<laughs> also, like firefighters are cute. Like a lot of firefighters are cute. So like ev- people have crushes on firefighters. I think that's as far as they thought through it. I think they were like, <laughs> you know what would be really cute if he was a firefighter? <laughs> and it's like, and then they cast Brandon Routh and they're like, you know what would be really cute if he was a firefighter? And you know? he was posing <laughs> for a calendar. And he was in the little outfit and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the bu- the Nine Lives of Christmas book is he both oh, in the book? That's a good question. I forgot, I forgot that you said it was a book. Like maybe the book hammers this out a little better. Maybe the book is like really got it. The got Nine it Lives out. of Christmas by Sheila something. Sheila Roberts? Sheila Roberts. Best-selling author of the Snow Globe. So Sheila loves the holidays, the I guess. Genre. And Christmas. Although this, I mean, I gotta say, the cover is gorgeous. <laughs> it's like a win like a window inside of a house, and like an orange tabby is looking out, and there's Christmas decorations behind. Beautiful. <laughs> no notes. No notes. <laughs> uh yeah. So uh I I wonder if we did go back and read the, I mean, we could read the book and then have a book club discussion. <laughs> Well, they're like, it it started out as a Supergirl podcast, but now it's the Nine Knives of Christmas podcast? (laughs) They're really deep into the lore now. (laughs) Okay, so in the book, he is a firefighter. Oh, okay. So is he only a firefighter, though? Okay, but interesting. It says so. <laughs> okay, I'm down the rabbit hole now. Uh, this is this is the uh, the description of the book from it, Amazon. Yes. It says when a guy is in trouble, he starts making deals with his creator, and Ambrose the cat is no exception. So already, what? I'm starting to already I'm excited because it feels like the main character is the cat, which I agree with. Okay, <laughs> let's go back. Wait, to the wait, the creator. What is what is it talking about? Let's not worry about that right now. <laughs> Is it is it a face-based book? No, okay. It says in danger of losing his ninth and final life. Ambrose makes a desperate plea to the <gasps> universe. He'll do anything, anything, if he can just survive and enjoy a nice long final life. His prayer is answered when a stranger comes along and saves him. And now it looks like he has to hold up his end of the bargain. Cats are never going to hold up any end of the bargain. <laughs> I, I hate to tell you, lady. All right. The so, stranger. So by that description, Ambrose could have saved Zachary from a fire. He because he's got to exactly. hold up. He has to rescue I, Zachary. Exactly. Listen, I'm already I'm thinking 10 steps <laughs> Uh, the description goes on to say the stranger turns out to be a firefighter named Zach who's in need of some serious romantic help <laughs> if Ambrose can just bring Zach together with Marilee the nice lady who works at Pet Palace it's bound to earn him a healthy ninth life unfortunately for Ambrose his mission is a lot harder than he ever thought Marilee is way too shy to make the first move on a ladies man like Zach Uh-oh. <laughs> Oh, and Zach thinks he's all wrong for a nice girl like merrily now it's going to take all of ambrose's feline wiles <laughs> and maybe even a good old-fashioned christmas miracle to make them both realize that what they're looking for is right in front of their eyes a uh, bold choice to make the cat the narrator i love it i was gonna say like honestly i don't really have like an interest in reading this book now i do now i do the cat is the main character as he should be 
<laughs> it's also only 224 pages. So I could read that. That's a light afternoon read for sure. I am a pretty terrible uh, reader, but I think maybe I could do that. Uh, Morgan, I don't know. Okay, yes. <laughs> Something has happened to your It, it seems uh, as light. if I have been uh, possessed <laughs> by the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> Uh, is it a okay, re- oh, we're back. Yeah, okay. we're back. Yeah, okay. That's what I get for making fun of Ambrose, <laughs> the world's most perfect narrator of a romance novel. <laughs> you know, you could have done that with this Hallmark movie. It could have been like you a could've. like a look who's talking kind of thing. I honestly, I listen. I'm not. I liked the Hallmark movie. I enjoyed it start to finish. I was like, this movie is insane. Why are there still so many plot points? But I was on for the ride. But if that movie had had a talking cat, that's that's a Christmas stand. That becomes a Christmas standby. That becomes a movie I watch every year. Move over, elf. Get out of the way, home alone. It's time for the nine lives of Christmas. Ambrose is matchmaking. I wish we could see that version of the story. Uh, but Ambrose is a uh, a good cat. He's, he's quite cat. he's quite the character. He sort of takes over Zachary's house and uh his bed and his chair and uh he uh plays a big part. One of the things I did like visually in the scene when Zachary and Blair go over to the pet palace, I guess it was called. Yeah. Um and uh Marilee is working there. Uh Blair wants to get rid of Ambrose and she's like I don't want to even hold him, you know, all that kind of stuff and she hands Ambrose to Marilee, and then Marilee is now holding Ambrose. And I was like, that's actually a good like blocking choice where you have the the then girlfriend giving the cat who means so much to Zachary over to this new lady who is going to fall in love with Zachary and she's gonna take care of the cat. And I was like, it's cheesy, it's a little cliche, but kind of like it. But I thought it, I thought it was a good choice. It's funny that you mentioned that because one of my biggest critiques of this movie is that too many people are just walking around holding cats. Now, (laughs) that is true. I'm going to tell you a fun fact about cats. Most of them do not like to be held. They do not like to be picked up. Yeah. I can I can pick up Beaker and I can hold him and I can walk him around the condo. I'll take him to the window and I'll point out birds. Uh, but he's sort of an anomaly. If I pick up Bunsen, I've got about the clock starts ticking down to about 15 seconds. I got to like <laughs> whatever I want to do. If I want to give him a little kiss on the head, if I want to talk to him, I got to do that within 15 seconds because that's all he's going to give me. He hates it and i was like <laughs> watching all of these people carry these cats around the the worst one for me i think the worst one for me was when Marilee is moving and she's putting all the boxes in the truck and she's just got the cat like a sack of potatoes <laughs> carrying it around put that put that bad boy in a carrier yeah yeah Queenie doesn't want to be carted around like that. <laughs> and sometimes they would hold the cat for a long period of time and then they would hand the cat off. To <laughs> Cats love nothing less than being held by one person. The only thing worse is being then passed off to a second person. I can tell you <laughs> that the second person would have a scratch up their arm yes. if I tried to do that with either of these if uh, my cats. If I just tried to go hand Beaker <laughs> off to a stranger, you could be like, death! <laughs> <laughs> now, Ambrose kind of did that in the uh, pet store with yeah. Blair. He, he sort of swiped at her, and that's why Blair got very upset, because 
they were like, well, he's just, he's just, it's, he's just being playful. It's no big deal. He's not attacking like, you in any way. Like, he, he likes you. He's just playing with you. I'm like, no, he's not. No, he, <laughs> no, he, he very much despises that woman. <laughs> he does not like her. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Too many people were just in scenes holding cats. That I was love too much. I love the idea of like a version of this movie that's like a look who's talking. <laughs> Yes, where the cat, where the cat is like now. Now I bet you think that <laughs> my matchmaking is not working right here, but hold on, I got some mistletoe. <laughs> like, what if it was the cat to put up the mistletoe somehow? Like, come where on, where did this come from? Where did this? Oh my god, mistletoe! <laughs> and then Amber, you see Ambrose peer over the top of like a cabinet. Oh. <laughs> Queenie winks at him from, <laughs> from the chair. Uh, I actually like the idea of Queenie and Ambrose like hatching plans together. Yes, like yes. like a parent trap kind of exactly. Thing. Like, listen, we got to make this a more permanent situation. <laughs> we both really like this house. We need this to make sure that they, they don't move out. <laughs> oh my god i feel like you get rid of all the extraneous plot plot elements in this movie and then you make the cat talk and that's how <laughs> it's that just a trap with the cats <laughs> our script doctor get rid of all the extra plot the cat is parent trapping the owners. <laughs> done <laughs> and it's christmas the end <laughs> I think that's a great uh, reworking of the script. Maybe there could be a uh, a Nine Lights of Christmas number three. I don't know you what ne- you would call the tri- it. The trilogy. They have to make a trilogy. They've already gone so far as to make it a, a sequel. Too. So, okay. So you mentioned that you had maybe seen a little, watched a little bit of the sequel. Yes. What, what? What is going on in the sequel? Am I going to be what? What is happening? Am I going to be think mad? We ne- I think we need to discuss it. I don't think it's something that I because if I told you the start of it, okay, it would be a huge spoiler. Okay, so yeah, I should go. In, I should go in expecting, expecting like a continuation of the story, and then I should just be like, <clears throat> "Does the cat talk?" Though you 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 can tell me. You can just kind of wait <laughs> if the cat talks. <laughs> The cat does not talk, but uh, right. but but Ambrose it is more uh, proactive. Oh, okay, I, that's I exciting. Will say, I, that is I will exciting. say Am- Ambrose uh, has a little more personality, and he's watching out for Zachary a little more in the second one. I will say that he's a good cat. He's a great cat. He'd be great. <laughs> he'd be greater if he if he had a voiceover and an inner monologue. I I think so as well. I I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess we would keep some of the nice stuff, but then take out all the stuff that didn't matter, and then put in a talking cat. <laughs> all of our problems would be solved. <laughs> done and done. <laughs> so I guess um, just to end our discussion, how did this work for you as a Christmas movie? You know what? Not bad as a Christmas movie. I, and I, I say that having we tried to put together a list of like Christmas movies we hadn't seen before or like one of us hadn't seen before, Mike and I. And we watched a couple that were on the list. And you know what? Not a lot of Christmas in some of those movies. Like if you look up like list of best Christmas movies, you're going to see like the traditional classics like A Muppet's Christmas Carol or like Elf. And then you're going to find things like um, You've Got Mail, which is a romantic comedy I like 
but does not really feature Christmas in any real way. I don't really think of it as a Christmas movie, no. It's not. Uh, and then we watched one that was like Last Holiday. Now, Holiday is in the title. And I was like, sure. wait, it's so fun. I love Queen Latifah. I love romantic comedies. Also, almost no Christmas in this movie. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? How does this keep happening to me? So I will say that The Nine Lives of Christmas happens at Christmas. Right. Uh, Christmas things are aplenty. Christmas there's things a, are there's around. A, uh, Brandon Routh is dressed as Santa Claus at one point. Brandon Routh dresses as Santa Claus. Uh, there's the mistletoe. There's the infamous mistletoe. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I feel like, at least in terms of it feeling like a Christmas movie, it does feel like it happens at Christmas and that Christmas is a part of it. And that if you took out Christmas, the movie would be different. <laughs> yes. I think uh, it, 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 they talk about, I think they talk about maybe a little bit about the Christmas spirit. And um, the, I think there's, there's some of that, that I, it feels very Christmassy. So I, I would say that for a Christmas movie, I think the nine lives of Christmas sort of lived up to that title, not necessarily the nine lives portion, but the Christmas <laughs> part of the title. I think it did a good job uh, leading up to that. You know, they, um, uh, they feature things that make it uh, feel like Christmas, but then they also sort of set it in the time of Christmas. Like, I think she leaves after after she sees him with that blonde lady, the, the mayor's wife or whatever at the party. I think she leaves like on Christmas Eve. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess they reunite on Christmas Day. So like major, think, yeah, major events are happening around the Christmas holiday. So uh, so I think it does hit all those benchmarks. So I think it does work as a Christmas movie. If you're looking for something festive to watch uh, this holiday season, I would recommend the nine lives of Christmas. I don't know that I would recommend the nine kittens of Christmas, but we will get ah. to that. I, th I think we should discuss it because we are controversial. We are, we are really invested in this world now. Uh, the world of the nine lives of Christmas. So I'm excited I for the lore to get even more complicated. <laughs> it gets so complicated in the next one. I can't um, wait. So I think we should discuss this further to to really hammer out uh, Zachary and Marilee's relationship because I, really, I want to know what happens with those two crazy kids. <laughs> I need I need for you to uh, talk about it. So, uh, so. I wouldn't maybe recommend the sequel, but this one I think is a good standalone uh, movie to watch that makes you feel good, that has some cats in it, and it has some some Christmas stuff. So if you're looking for something to watch uh, this holiday season, I think this is a good uh, cat-friendly one to watch. Now, Morgan, I do have some uh, Nine Lives of Christmas related snap judgments so would you like to make some snap judgments of course in the game of snap judgments each person is presented with two options but must only choose one first instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary okay so our first snap judgment what are you more likely to pick up at the grocery store mrs claus ice cream or pet food so for those who have not watched The Nine Lives of Christmas, uh, Marilee and Zachary meet at the grocery store in not a really great meat cute. Like I felt no. like I felt like the meat could have been cuter. Cuter, yeah, I agree. It wasn't as cute as it could have been. Uh, but Marilee, she goes to get ice cream. She goes she goes first goes to for the like the pint 
version, I think. And then she gets this big thing of ice cream. Um, and then uh, she has a discussion with Zachary about what kind of cat food to get for Ambrose. Um, so since I do not have a cat or a pet, I'm probably not going to go for the pet food. So I'm probably going to go for the gigantic tub of uh, Mrs. Claus ice cream. Yeah, I, you know what, as much as uh, Beaker and Bunsen will not like this answer, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go for the ice cream as well, because first off, I can't get their special, their special cat food at the grocery store. It's just not there. So <laughs> they're on like special, special diet food because of their many, many and varied health issues. <laughs> and <laughs> they're very fancy boys. Uh, so, and I do love ice cream. So yes. I'm just going to go. Uh, yeah. I would get the economy size giant tub that looked like something that you could like um, use as a stool to put your feet up on. <laughs> She could she could have had a party with like fifty people and it's still I not know. eat all that ice cream. It's like a lifetime supply of ice cream. That's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna endure for the year. <laughs> I assume that Mrs. Claus ice cream is fictional. I also is that a real yeah. brand. That would be amazing if it was. I don't think it's a, it, that felt fictional, but they had a lot of it in that freezer. They sure did. So I was like, did they really go uh, that far? With creating this fictional ice cream brand? I guess so, because I Googled it, and I am not finding anything um, besides, like, pictures of Mrs. Claus. Well, kudos to them, because I don't, this may be a reach, but because Zachary was Santa Claus. Oh. And she got the Mrs. Claus ice cream. Was that foreshadowing their relationship? Maybe. I, I like it. I like it. It's <laughs> layers of meaning. <laughs> okay. Would you rather go to a Brandon Ralph presentation about fire safety or Santa Claus? I, as much as I liked seeing Brandon Ralph dressed as Santa Claus, I think I would want to hear him talk about fire safety. I liked his little, his little uh, fireman hat and being in the fireman suit. I think I would uh, be more into that. Yeah, I'm going to go fire safety, too, because I feel like if Brandon Routh told me some facts about fire safety, I would feel comforted. Like, oh, everything's going to be okay. He's there, and he looks like somebody who could handle this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if Brandon Routh's telling me about Santa Claus, I'm just like, okay, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> uh, but fire safety, I feel like I trust him. I feel like I feel like he's a trustworthy seeming guy. I think I would also retain the information a little better because it's think coming from Brandon Routh. <laughs> Superman just told me how to stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who would be better in an emergency? A firehouse cat or a firehouse dog? We did talk about how Ambrose could have saved the day. Uh, I I don't really trust cats to save the day Uh but I think dogs have a unique ability to uh, help out people when they are in danger. So I, I think I have to give it to the firehouse dogs here. I think cats are great animals and I like them very much. They're the best. But <laughs> they're sort of doing their own thing. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that the cats would leave me to die, but I'm not saying that they wouldn't. <laughs> 
they would be conflicted about it. They would be unpredictable. I yeah. would not. I would not depend on them. I would. They're not dependable. They <laughs> kind of depend on their mood, how sleepy they are. Is there a good sunbeam? How much did they eat that day? Uh, whereas a dog is just going to be like, "Master is in trouble," you know, and and is going to save you. And a cat is just going to be like, "I mean." I don't want to move, though. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like I got to go dog on this one, too. Okay. Final question. And this one is a tough one. Queenie or Ambrose? You know, I don't think we got a lot. We didn't get as much screen time with Queenie as we did with Ambrose. I felt like at the end of the movie, I knew Ambrose better. And I liked Ambrose. He was He was really trying to teach Zachary how to love again. That's true. Open to relationships. And I feel like Queenie really just, I mean, she was there, but like (laughs) Ambrose really was, I think the star of the show. So I'm going to go Ambrose on this one. Poor Queenie. Typical love interest. Just kind (laughs) of relegated. Second fiddle. No character development. Love you, girl. Uh, <laughs> you deserve better. Hopefully in the sequel. Um, I uh, also am going to go with Ambrose. I love I love an orange tabby. Um, I think they're so cute. But also, yeah, he had like some character development. He taught Zachary how to, how to open himself up to love. He was like, no, that's my bed. That's my chair. This is my house now. And uh, that is big orange cat energy. Uh, <laughs> I think it would have only be, it would have only been more complete if he had like managed to stick his head into like a vase or something and couldn't get it out. Uh, <laughs> so I gotta go Am- I gotta go with my boy Ambrose on this, especially knowing that he he's the narrator of the book. You know, he's a talented, he's a talented cat. <laughs> So uh, I also had a thought just kind of uh, in the Superman vein of Brandon Routh having played Superman. Uh, Ambrose sort of looked like Streaky the Supercat to me. He did. He, he did. had a streaky, streaky vibe to him. He's got a streaky look. Streaky's also an orange tabby. <laughs> yeah. So t- traditionally on Supergirl, yeah. he's, a, he's a black cat. But uh, traditionally, uh, the orange tabby is associated with Streaky the Supercat. So I enjoyed that. Um, I didn't want to spoil things. But don't get too used to Queenie. No! (laughs) Girl, you've been robbed! (laughs) We'll have to talk about Queenie in the next... (gasps) This is John Wick all over again. (laughs) Maybe I've already said too much. (laughs) All right, well, I guess that's going to take us out of Snapchat. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Well, we need to get to some feedback. So Morgan, would you uh, read our email that we received? Sure. As I work my way through my heartbreak, here is an email. (laughs) (laughs) So email sent to us from Claudia who writes, I have a few questions about Supergirl and Black Lightning, and I hope you can shed some light on it. I've been binging Black... I have been binging Black Lightning, and I'm currently in the middle of season two. The episodes that I'm watching aired on TV at the end of November, December 2018, which is at least a year before Crisis, for context. During season one, the characters of Black Lightning had specifically referenced Supergirl during a few episodes, maybe three times, but there had never been any mention of Superman nor any of the other Arrowverse heroes. 
Also, in the beginning of season two, there was a scene in which a photo of the Pierce family showed Jefferson wearing a T-shirt with the House of L symbol on it. Uh, that got me thinking. It seems that the pre-crisis Earth on which Black Lightning is set had su- had a Supergirl, but it does not have any other heroes other than Black Lightning, of course. Were you aware of this? Has this ever been brought up on Supergirl Radio on any Arrowverse panels that you are, are aware of? So, Claudia, uh, I have only watched like 30 minutes of the Black Lightning pilot, and I know Morgan hadn't gotten too far past season one. I think I watched almost to the end of season one, but this was a long time ago. So I don't have good memories of uh, of it either. I would have to like go back and rewatch, which I will at some point in my life. So we personally do not have any Black Lightning knowledge, but we did reach out to someone who did. So here is a response from Andy Bebacht of the Flash podcast who can fill in the gaps of knowledge that we do not have. Hello, Supergirl Radio and Claudia and everyone watching the live stream right now. Hope everyone's doing well and getting ready for the holidays. I was asked by Rebecca to answer help answer this question by Claudia, who is she's going through Black Lightning right now on Netflix, which, by the way, super great to hear. I love Black Lightning; it's one of my favorite era shows of all time. So everyone who hasn't seen it, go check it out. But she was wondering about th- those Supergirl references before Black Lightning joined the Arrowverse. What was that about? Does she exist in that world? What, what does that mean for other characters? Well. Basically, the showrunner Sally McKill back in the day was very cryptic about what what DC meant in the world about Black Lightning, where it was very ambiguous because you know they had these name drops they mentioned, you know, Supergirl in season uh, one, episode nine of Black Lightning. Vexing also gets mentioned. Other characters have been mentioned, but we never really hear about Superman or Krypton or Argo or all those good things we know about the, the House of El Mythos. So. We get a testament to what the situation was when Jefferson Pierce shows up in Cries on Infinite Earth Part 3, when he meets the other characters, when he gets on the way rider and he meets Superman, and he freaks up because he's saying, wait, wait, so the Superman thing is real? I'd be damned, which means to him and people in Freeland and in their, in their world before it was destroyed by the Anti-Monitor, whoops, um, they were just fictional characters. These were characters that, that Jefferson would read in comic books or see in movies or TV shows or video games where, like, DC Comics is a company in the world of Black Lightning. Whereas, you know, Black Lightning, he's a real character. He like, He's the one reading about fictional characters before he m- meets these other characters on Earth-1. And post-crisis, there's a, there's an episode in season three that you're, I'm looking forward for you to watch, Claudia, where Jefferson has a has an under, another conversation with someone when he gets back to Freeland, where he's basically confirming once again that, oh my god, the Superman thing is real. He's freaking out about it because one of his icons is basically a real living thing, and now he's in the same world as them. So to that, to that point, I hope that clears things up for you, Claudia, and anyone else who was watching Black Lightning and wondering this too. Um, it was a very fun mystery for us, but yeah. Black Lightning was basically maybe the only superhero on in that universe, uh, along with Thunder and Lightning, all those characters that we followed throughout those four seasons. So I hope that cleared things up. Uh, I'm going to turn it back to Morgan and Rebecca for their live stream. And, and remember, Barry is always faster. I mean, that's debatable. I think uh, Andy might be a little bit misinformed about the speed I, I, variations I don't, between I don't think Supergirl so. Beaker, Beaker and, what do you think? 
the flesh. <laughs> oh, Beaker's here with us. Beaker, Beaker, we had a brief Beaker appearance. He's been on hiatus uh, from Supergirl Radio. I think he's been kind of mad that his brother has been getting a lot of screen time, you know, <laughs> a lot of Bunsen time. Not so much a lot Beaker of time, time recently. recently. Yeah, yeah, not a lot of Beaker time recently. So, but he decided to stop by because he heard about the nine lives, the nine kittens, the nine lives of Christmas. I'm jumping ahead to the sequel. Yes, yeah, so nine kittens is in the sequel. Yes. <laughs> Um, sorry. Yes. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I'm I'm so glad that both of the lab cats joined us for this very special cat centric episode <laughs> of Rural Radio. So that's that's a real treat. Um, uh, even though I think Andy is misinformed about uh, Supergirl and the Flash, I think he is an expert on the Arrowverse. So uh, we really appreciate Andy um, uh, sending in that response, that very thorough response to and uh, thorough and also very uh, well explained. Uh, yeah. So that people could hopefully understand that because it's a very complicated kind of fictional versus uh, reality versus um, kind of what those characters are living in in that world. So that that could get really complicated. But I think Andy did a very nice job of explaining something kind of high level into something that at least I could understand. Uh, so thank you, Andy, for doing that. Uh, since uh, neither of us have really seen Black Lightning to an extent that we could uh, be <laughs> be informed to answer anything about it. Um, so. Uh, uh, thank you to Andy for doing that. Well, I think uh, that's going to get through all of our feedback. So I think now we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV podcast plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV podcast also has a T public store. So if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the T public store link at the top of the page. Hello, and thank you for calling the DC TV podcast hotline. Please listen carefully as some of our menu options have changed. Supergirl radio, press one. The flash podcast, press two. Legends of tomorrow podcast, Press 3. The Lithuation Room? Press 4. DC on HBO Max Podcast? Press 5. Stargirl Podcast? Press 6. Superman and Lois Radio? Press 7. Green Lantern Podcast? Press 8. The Sandman Podcast? Press 9. Justice League Dark Podcast? Press 10. DC After Dark? Press 11. For all other inquiries, please stay on the line and the next available agent will be with you shortly. And since we talked about cats in this episode, we have some cat grant designs in the DC TV podcast T Public store that we would love to suggest. I mean, that's a cat that we know. That's, um, that's one of our favorites. <laughs> I mean, maybe not of uh, the furry kind, uh, but the, or the uh, talking narrating uh, kind, but the uh, uh, 
queen of uh, all media kind of cat. So we do have some cat grant designs in the DCTV podcast T public sort. If you would like to check those out, highly recommend them. If you want to support cat grant and cat co worldwide media, we would also like to thank our legion of super sponsors for supporting the Supergirl radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Anne Marie, Yvonne, Nicola, Abby, Miriam, Nicole, Brian, Ethan, Danny, Majuba, Zachary, Annie, and Rachel. So if you would like to become a legion of super sponsor, you can visit the uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash Supergirl Radio. And we thank everybody for your support. Uh, if you would like to uh, follow me on the interwebs, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. And I'm also on the social media platform Bureau at Derby Kid. Uh, so a little bit different spelling there. I also have a YouTube channel that you can find at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I actually uh, also rec- uh, recently recorded uh, some more episodes. I, I joined them previously, uh, but I recorded some episodes with Mark and Nate over at DC Cinematic Minute to talk about minutes 171 through 175 of Zack Snyder's Justice League. So uh, we talked about uh, Silas Stone's sacrifice and uh, Clark Kent's return to the Kent farm with Lois Lane. So if you're interested in that, highly recommend it. I always have a good time when uh, I chat with Mark and Nate. We have some really good discussions and I think people will enjoy it if you like DC Comics and or the Snyderverse. Uh, So definitely give them a follow and uh, subscribe. So uh, check them out at DC Cinematic Minute. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastics and on also as a co-host on the Legendary Ladies podcast where we just talked about the new Netflix film May, December. Um, so you should check out that episode this week. I believe we're going to be talking about, I think, our top five uh, Christmas movies. So that should be fun. So if you have your own top five, you should send them in. You can uh, you can always email them to us uh, at at gmail.com. Or you can find us on all of our different various social medias uh, at the Legendary Ladies, most places at Legend underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, and and let us know what your favorite, uh, what your top five holiday movies are, because that'll be fun to see the overlap on all of our lists. Are they all going to be really different or are they all going to be very similar? What, would we put the Nine Lives of Christmas on it now? Is this going to be number one? <laughs> or will it be Buttons? <laughs> Tune in to find okay. out. That's not a bad choice for a tough <laughs> Could you imagine if like, I'm coming in number one? <laughs> buttons. <laughs> it's got everything you want. Dick Van Dyke. Angels somehow. <laughs> buttons. And it's a little smattering of Jane Seymour there for some Sing- reason. Singing. Orphans. <laughs> Multiple timelines. <laughs> um, go listen to our episode on buttons. It is a classic. <laughs> it felt like so much longer ago that we did that, but it was just last year. It was just last Christmas. That's so funny because I was like, how many how many years ago did we do buttons? You're like, I don't know, two? Maybe no, three? It was, it was and it was year. last year. <laughs> We've lived a lot of life since we- then. We sure, I think we lived a lot of life, a life while watching Buttons. <laughs> we aged several years as we watched Buttons. <laughs> I I would like to think about my top five. Maybe I'll send y'all an email at the Legendary Ooh. Ladies. Because uh, I think my favorite Christmas movie, I've probably talked about it before, but I love mm-hmm. Scrooged with Bill Murray. That's, oh, that's a good one. That's probably my favorite 
but I'd have to think maybe National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Classic. That's, that's one I always watch all the time. So those are definitely those two would be on there. But I'd have to think. Let me let me think on that. It's I'll, 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 I feel I'll create like a list. It's funny. I I was talking about this with Mike the other day. I said that like Christmas is a better music holiday and Halloween is a better movie holiday because oh, like that's maybe true. When it comes to movies, there are like maybe ten or maybe at the outside, ten or twenty really big like iconic christmas movies and once you've seen all those like you're not you're kind of not seeing another one unless you're watching the hallmark channel (laughs) and i will say after watching the nine lives of christmas i did kind of like page through the amazon like underneath it was like suggesting like if you liked this you might like uh, a lot of these and they all sounded the same like (laughs) i would start playing the preview and um, my favorite one that I that I stopped on was it was like it started playing the preview and it was like in in the uh, in the city of Sugartown or something like that and I was like what was it was it a small town guy and a big city girl who came in <laughs> like it was like the bakery is in trouble and I was just, I can't I can't I can't, do, I can't do I can't do it I can't I gotta I gotta keep flipping I gotta keep but you could my- do it if like Brandon Ralph was in it. Was Brandon? No, Brandon Ralph wasn't in it, <laughs> and it wasn't being narrated by a cat. And those are the two things that would have gotten me down to Sugar Town or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like some real. It was like the stupidest name for a town I'd ever heard. It was like it was like down on Candy Cane Lane. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I was just that. I did see a commercial for something about Cherry Road. Oh, there's, maybe. There's, there's some new there's some new uh Hallmark movie that was advertised. Uh I saw recently something about Cherry something road. It was it was one of those things where it was like the name of the small town was just like patently so ridiculous of like no 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 no. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I I can't I already can't go on this journey with you cuz I can't accept the name of that town. I it's not <laughs> it's not called Whipped Cream Gum Drop Town. Like, I can't I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to see the movie set in uh what we what was it? Uh <laughs> Whipped Cream Gumdrop Town. Wh- Whipped Cream Gumdrop Town. I want to see that movie. <laughs> we should write that movie. <laughs> Could you imagine if they're like like the, the the somebody's trying to move away and they're like, You're trying to move away from, from Whipped Cream Gumdrop Town from your heritage? <laughs> and then they like just hand her a gumdrop and they're like you might want to bring this with you. <laughs> like we got, we got this whole thing. I think already figured oh, out. Yeah. What did they do in whipped cream gum? I don't know. It was. I wish I remembered the actual name because it was like almost that stupid, <laughs> but not quite. Like icing city or something. I was like, Mm-mm, no, I I reject it. We could create a whole world based on these kinds of. Things. You're basically um, just living in Candyland. <laughs> I mean, if that author can write the Nine Lives of Christmas, I don't know why That's we true. can't write our own Christmas book. We we <laughs> sure can later could. become a Hallmark movie starring Brandon Ralph. It all comes full circle. <laughs> we we I think we should do this. I think we should brainstorm. Uh, a I love Christmas it. Book. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I'd have to think on Christmas movies. I think Home Alone would probably be there. Ah, uh, Home Alone. The, the first Home one. Alone, and then um, also maybe Santa Claus too. Ooh. The introduction of Mrs. Claus. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Santa Claus two in like a really <gasps> long time. You haven't. 
haven't. That's I haven't. Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus fall in love. I know. It's a good one. And it's Juliet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's Juliet Berg. She's in it. Um, I don't like Santa Claus 3 as much. And Santa, I, and Santa Claus 1 is okay. Yeah. I, think I really love Santa Claus 2. I vaguely remember Santa Claus 3, but not not very well. It's the Jack Frost. Jack Frost come, comes and he takes over uh, oh, the, uh, right. the North Pole. Wasn't there a movie called Jack Frost where like Jack Nicholson was a snowman? Did I did I dream that? (laughs) I don't remember the Jack Nicholson part, but I do remember Jack Frost. Am I making this up? (laughs) (laughs) Was there a whipped cream gumdrop town in (laughs) Manchester? It was definitely whipped cream gumdrop town. Oh no, because I I uh, confused who I thought Jack Frost the snowman was. It's actually Michael Keaton. Oh, Michael oh, that Keaton makes more sense. Is a is a, like a, a is like a snowman, but he's like a ghost. Also, I'm now it's coming back to me that I read the, like the log line, and it's like he's killed in a car accident and he returns as a snowman. It's actually pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, just FYI, I think I'm frozen again. Oh no. Um, so I cannot end the stream, but I feel like we need to wrap it up. I think we do. I think we do before I go down a rabbit hole of like, what we, else we can do. We can do a whole, uh, <laughs> other episode on like our favorite Christmas movies and kind of weird Christmas movies that we've seen, uh, before in our lives. Um, Rebecca has gone, uh, we've lost Rebecca. However, I think we'll just, uh, hopefully she'll be back in a second to help us wrap this up. Um, but I think, un- until then, um, I'm going to give it another second and hope that she comes back. Cause I realized that this is the last episode before the new year. And it seemed like it would be fun to have us both here to wrap it up. Um, but she might not be able to make it back. StreamYard has been uh, mysterious. Oh, okay. I'm seeing her. I th- All right. I think my laptop is dying. It's like four oh, years no. old, and maybe maybe <laughs> it's just maybe it's just time. Maybe it's time to get a new laptop or something. I don't know. Uh, but my apologies for all of the technical issues. Uh, I will be contacting StreamYard about this to figure out what's going on. Um, but okay, so I think we've talked too much about Christmas movies. So maybe we should wrap it up. Um, so uh, thank you all for joining us for our uh, last uh, Supergirl Radio episode of 2023, not of ever. Uh, but this is going to be the final episode of Super Radio for 2023. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we hope everyone has a great holiday season. And we will be back in 2024. <laughs>